am I? Welcome to the Cross-Shaped Community Podcast. My name is Ken Kite, and we're exploring how New Zealand Baptist churches have worked at keeping unity during testing times. I'm aware that when faced with the divisive vaccine mandates of last year, especially the use of vaccine passes for mass gatherings, different churches have made different decisions as they've sought to keep the unity of their church. In this podcast series, I'll be interviewing some pastors to find out how they went about keeping unity in their church when faced with this highly divisive issue. At the end of the podcast, there is a cross-shaped reflection where I comment on how I see cross-shaped community being outworked by the church that we've just heard from. With me now is Steve Worsley, Senior Pastor of Mount Albert Baptist Church. Kia ora, Steve. Kia ora, Ken. Nice to be with you. Good to catch up with you again. Mm. Um, And thank you for being willing to be interviewed on this topic. Just to to give us a bit more background about about your context here at Mount Albert Baptist, if someone has just moved to your neighbourhood looking for a church to attend, how would you describe your church to them? Yeah, well, the first thing I'd say, it's it's an all-age and multi-ethnic church like uh, the 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 suburb that we live in. Um, some people have a vision of church that it'll just be the elderly or it'll be traditional or whatever. And so you try to counter some of those things that people might uh, might be thinking and, you know, often talk about our, our youth uh, and, uh, and children. Uh, but all ages are important to us and then all ethnicities. So we employed uh, an international pastor uh, because we have quite a multi-ethnic uh, clientele here. And that's important to us. We, we want to not just have people from different ethnicities here, but understand those ethnicities well so that we can all be community together. And so uh, those are all part of our, our mission here. Sounds great. Now, Steve, I expect that you've had to work through many divisive issues over your years of, of pastoral, pastoral ministry. How divisive has the vaccine pass mandate been for, for your church? Yeah, it, it probably has, I'm not sure, it probably has been the hardest, actually, yeah. in almost 25 years of ministry. Um, uh, I think as a pastor, you're the meat in the sandwich. You've got, you know, the government said, you know, do like this, and if you don't, then you're breaking the law. Uh, but you're required to do things that strike at the very heart of what church is all about. You know, we 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 spend all our time trying to encourage unity and draw people together, and you know, um, and work through conflicts well. And then we're suddenly told we've actually got to divide. We've got to segregate. So you know, people in the church say we must not segregate. Well, sorry, but we've been told that we must, you know, like this is what was delivered to us as church leaders. You know, segregation was actually determined for churches and every other organisation. But the thing that I've said to people right through is that um, uh, segregation doesn't have to mean division. And so no one can force us to divide as a fellowship. How we feel about each other is not something the government can determine. So we might for a time have to meet in different rooms with different numbers and different rules and whatever, uh, but that can't change the way we feel about each other. And so those are some of the messages that we tried to weave through. Um, I would say uh, in our church, a lot of people were affected. Um, So I I hear of some churches that use vaccine passes and nobody blinked and where they went. Wasn't like that here. We've had a lot of uh, people who, for a lot of different reasons, uh, decided not to be vaccinated. And... um, 
you know, it's we all have a view, and pastors, leaders, elders all have a view as well. And you can look at people with quite a different view and think, oh, that's just crazy, or that's you know. Um, but you don't have that luxury when you lead a church. You can't talk like that. And you, and I guess what I've found is that in sitting and hearing people's stories of why they chose not to be vaccinated, uh, you know, I would start to get much closer. I'd find that they're all really, really different for a start. Um, and, you know, nothing seemed weird or crazy or strange once you hear someone's story. And, uh, and that was hugely helpful to hear, yeah. So, but I would say we had a, we had a big challenge here because we had a lot of people in that camp who, yeah. Um, yeah. some undecided for a bit, but a quite a number who uh, really did not want to be vaccinated and that, that was end of story, you know. Yeah. Um, so working through that as a church has not been easy. Yeah, yeah. So Steve, how did you go about seeking unity in the church over this divisive issue when you obviously had people in, in various different camps on it? Yeah, well, the first thing, I mean, in a lockdown, you can't talk to each other either. Yeah, let's get together and discuss this. Well, you couldn't because you're locked down yeah. uh, and the restrictions were applying immediately. So the first thing we did uh, was a survey so that the church could see how they fitted against each other, you know, because it's easy in a lockdown. I think everyone thinks like me or they should do, you know, and. Yeah. And they don't, you know, and so, you know, our church was a lot like New Zealand, uh, you know, quite a lot in this camp, but some very much in that camp and, and all the extremes of thinking yeah. that you see in society and you read on Facebook are, are all represented in our church, you know, yeah. and so, well, how are we going to deal with this? So the first thing is survey and then reporting back on that survey so that people can see, you know, people said to us this over here and they said like that. And, but on the other hand, people said like this, you know, and then people can see how, you know, hopefully expands the, the big picture a little. And you got good response to the to the survey? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah a lot of lot of responders. Um, yeah, and most of it was kind of yes, no questions, but at the final one, you could express yourself a little. And some of those quotes were helpful too, uh, to be able to, you know, just really emphasise where people were coming from. Yeah. Um, I would say sermons on key passages. So we had uh, Greg Liston did a very good sermon on Romans 14, mm. primary and secondary issues. Uh, how do we how do we think through those? You know, and so is vaccination a primary or secondary issue? Yeah. Um, very very helpful. Um, I would say um, constant communication. So particularly when you can't meet, you're not physically seeing each other each Sunday. Mm. You're really thinking through what you're writing in your weekly, you know, e-news or whatever you're doing, um, what you're saying on Sundays. Um, it was difficult. You don't want to preach every week about this stuff, you know, when you're going through it because it just does people's heads in. But trying to pick what are the key things that need to be known and when do they need to be known. And if you, I, I found if you get those right, it brings a sense of ease and people thank you for it, you know, yeah. in the church because it, it's it's like an elephant in the room, you know, and someone talked about it and made sense of it, uh, you know, so if you get it right, then then that, that really helps. Um, inviting the most affected to meetings uh, mm -hmm. where they can be heard and their ideas can, um, for a way forward, can be added to the possibility. So recognising that we had quite a big group of people who were unvaccinated uh, to, to meet regularly with those people at, you know, at the key turning point, should I say, and um, so that if decisions were made that were contrary to what those folk would want, at least they know why. Uh, but in those meetings, I think hearing people's stories was just hugely instructive. I mean, I think I drew closer relationally 
with a number of folk just by hearing their, their stories and, um, and and I had a lot of empathy for their point of view and um, and then also um, yeah getting them to control so what do you think we should do you know obviously we've got this dilemma and um, and and some of the suggestions were particularly helpful and you know and that added some energy from a group that might otherwise be ostracized to some of the things we did. Mm. Now, I paint it like that, it might sound like everything went swimmingly, it didn't, <laughs> uh, but, but those, those are things. Um, I, I mentioned uh, Romans 14, also John 17, obviously mm. Jesus' prayer that we might all be one, and Philippians 2, uh, you know, I, I think those were probably the passages that, that were most helpful to us. Yeah, mm. yeah. Did you at all feel pressured into having to to, to yield to a to a particular group at all as you moved through? Oh this? heck yeah. 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 And that's the thing, um, I, I it's I think it's important not to paint any group as a whole. So even if mm. we talk about our unvaccinated group as a church, mm. there was a lot of different thinking among them. Yeah. And some of them were, were very strong saying, you know, we should not we should not use vaccine passes at all. Uh, that that would be wrong. It would be evil. Whatever you know, some very strong language from some, yep. and others amongst that group who are saying, you know, we we want the best for the wider church at this time. We see that it's temporary. If a group, a larger group, can meet with vaccine passes, uh, then we're pleased that they can meet, even if we can't meet with them. You know, and it was just kind of wonderful to to read that. Yeah. Um, but but neither did we expect everyone needed to feel like that. So we sort of recognised that there was difference within a group of, of, of unvaccinated folk. Steve, can you give us a couple of examples of the, the differing views that you had to work through as, as you worked through this difficult issue? Yeah, I could probably give a whole lot of examples actually, but if I pick out one from each end of the spectrum, um, you know, through this time, uh, the Brian Tamaki Freedom and Rights Movement was quite prevalent, and so we're hearing a lot about that. And as pastors, of course, you know, there was a sense of, well, this is what Christians or, you know, Christian leaders are doing or saying. You know, there was almost an implication around that, and, and, and many Christians were cotton, cottoning on to that. Um, I had someone from my church who messaged me who was disillusioned with that and I, you know, felt the opposite. And he said this, he summed it up in one sentence. He said, it feels so strange that those who follow Jesus, who gave up all his rights, act like holding on to your rights to freedom is primary to their religion. And I thought he actually nailed what a lot of a lot of other Christians are thinking. You know, how can that how can that actually be a Christian perspective? On the other hand, uh, some of our unvaxxed were saying church is supposed to be one community, and so dividing people on any basis is wrong. And on the basis of our health, I mean, that had never been done before. You know, you, you don't you know check people at the door as to what they think about a health issue. I mean, and and the thing is that both of those extremes are right. Yeah. You know, and, and so as a pastor, you're, you're really stuck. You know, how, how do I pull this together? You know, I, I, and I think the appreciating of both of those different extremes is important, you know, to, to actually really listen to both of those. Mm. Yeah, so, those, so those, were, those were two examples. Yep. Yeah, no, those are really helpful. Thanks, Steve. Mm. Yeah. But in the end, you've you got to make a call. Yeah. Uh, and and so so we did, and we look back, and we we you know we we don't say we made all the right calls. We just made the calls that seemed the right yeah. one at the time. And uh, in retrospect, don't know, uh, you know, a, a lot to, a lot to review. So where did you end up landing on the Steve? Or what was it that you implemented? Yeah, so uh, we operated through term one of this year, 2022, with uh, the red restrictions. Yeah. So we 
had up to 100 meeting here at nine and up to 100 meeting here at 11 in the auditorium with vaccine passes. And then we had uh, in other rooms, um, we we had uh, mixed groups could meet of up to 25. And at 9am we had our children's ministry. So we kind of said in the midst of all of this, we said we think children are really important. So, um, you know, our online services have been going for the best part of six months. And you just notice, yeah, there's no no teens are watching anymore. Uh, very few, you know, declining number of kids because, like, what do they want to, you know, like, there's no fun just staring at a screen. Uh, and they do that for school all the time, you know. So that got really tough. And we just thought, well, we've had long enough doing that. We need to get our children's ministry up and running, even though we realise, well, some, some families won't be ready to bring their kids back, but um, a number are. So, yeah, though that's what we did. We... Um, yeah, we had those different groups, and we had a sign-up thing uh, on our website, so you had to register for church. You know, this had never been yeah. done before, right? I mean, not not, not in my ministry. Um, you know, please reserve a seat for yourself for church online. That, that was that was kind of hilarious. Um, yeah, and, and important. And so we managed our way through it on, on the basis of that. We uh, for the unvaccinated, we wanted to provide uh, all the same options, so they could come at nine, they'd be in this room. They could come at eleven, they'd be in that room. We even had a seven o'clock thing that didn't fly, but we wanted to give like as many or more options yeah. to yeah. unvaccinated people. The only thing we couldn't do is say, come and join us in the one big room because yeah. that's against the law, you know. Yeah. Um, so we did everything we could to kind of include, and we tried to communicate that well. Yeah. And, you know, for, for some, I would say for some, they, they appreciated the efforts there. Yeah. There still was, you know, it's still pretty tough when you, you've got to meet you know, in a different room with just a few, and you feel that regardless of intent. And so once all this finished, we had to look at what was being felt yeah. there and, and yeah. deal with that. Yeah, mm. and that's watching a live uh, stream. <laughs> they were, they were, yeah. 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 I mean, we had, we had uh, we'd stop and have discussion moments along yeah. the way and uh, uh, to include them. There were even bits we said, text us through what you think about <laughs> this, you know, and a couple of times that worked. It's hard, though, uh, you know, and you, you'd, you'd try and run the different locations at a time and, and yeah. get them interacting. Um, limited success with that. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, it's been a challenge, hasn't it? <laughs> Certainly has. Yeah. So now that we're well, we're not out of it yet, really, but emerging out of this this uh, strange time that we've been in, how do you think this has affected the church going forward, Steve? Um, oh, well, fairly majorly. Like, I, I think I might be wrong, but I think pastors everywhere were pretty nervous going back a month or two, yeah. because most of us hadn't seen a lot of people come during the restricted period. Uh, and and probably now, as we record this, we're still not seeing you know a number of people still staying away. I, I hear from some of our folk who, unless everyone's wearing a mask, they won't come. Yeah. yeah. So you know you've got that on one hand, and you've you've got the sort of the you know the 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 very determinedly unvaccinated at the other extreme. Yeah. You know. Um, so coming back together, I think yeah, it was dealing with that sense of hurt or exclusion or you know that some were particularly feeling not all of the the group but some were really feeling and when people are hurt in church I think you got to stop and go and sit and listen to it you know yeah. you, you can't just say oh well you're just the minority you know you'll get over it let's yeah. move on so the idea of oh great you know restrictions over let's just go back to what we were we we didn't yeah. for a moment think that that would be right or, or good so um so we did a couple of things we thought um 
first of all, we had forums where people could come and talk to leadership. So you, anyone can just sign up for a time and come and talk to myself and, and a couple of the elders. And then again, we met with our unvaccinated uh, folk and, um, and we knew that that, would, that was the last meeting we had with them and we knew it would be hard because we knew we'd hear uh, probably, you know, um, a lot of the hurt, you know. So we were, we were asking them, what do you think we should do as we go about regathering? Yeah. And yeah, so um, it's a kind of meeting, I think, where you sit and you listen and you take notes and you, you ask for clarification, but you don't defend yourself, you yeah. know. And, and that was right, you know. I mean, there actually wasn't a lot to defend, really. I, I, you know, they made some good points that I think just remain good points. Mm. And, and we as leadership kind of owned the fact that, you know, we, we did our best at each turn, but we, we know we, some of our communication we didn't quite get right, so we're sorry about that. We made a couple of mistakes here, and we, we might, we might the, some of the big calls might not have been right as well. They're just, you know, the best call we could make at the time yeah, yeah. with what we knew. Um, and, and with a big picture of mine. And so um, I, I think there's that. And then our first Sunday, we, it, was, it was really great to see a number of that group join us uh, in the service. Um, I felt really humbled. Some of them came along wearing masks. And I know that, you know, some, some, some who are, uh, you know, against the vaccine are kind of against the mask use as well. And it just was quite moving and quite humbling. Yeah. To see them come and you know want to be part of us here and, and and just knowing how hard it would be for some of them on that first Sunday and um, it, it, it was it was kind of a, an unexpected thing but I was preaching about Judas and sin mm. on the day and it wasn't planned to coincide we didn't know how you know you plan your sermons well out <laughs> yeah. but I it was sort of doing Easter themes and I was going through the emotions of particular characters. So, you know, the guilt that Judas felt and the, um, the failure that Peter felt and, the, you know, the loss that Mary, you know, that sort of thing. And so it was kind of guilt and Judas on the day. And I thought, wow, you know. And so as I was preaching, I was just thinking about, you know, what, what we do with our guilt and what we feel about it. And, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a time to be specific about vaccination. Yeah. But, but I, I just felt in the service that day to, you know, to, to recognise that some of what we did wasn't right, you know, um, despite our best intention and some of what we did would hurt people and that we, we don't want that and we're sad about that and we recognise that. And so unscripted, you know, late in the service, um, I shared some of that, and uh, yeah, and and it was it was kind of nice for that, you know, that was well received by by folk who had come on the day, and yeah, I guess it comes back to the fact that I was just blown away to see them join us that day, and some of them with masks on as well, and I just said, wow, there's there's some amazing grace here. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it blows my mind. There's been a lot of learning curves through this. Um, it's 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 a good time to listen and to talk less, you know, and to hear people's stories and and not jump in with your judgment. It's a good time to stay off Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, um, yeah you can really get drawn into things, uh, and particularly when you're you're not able to meet with people, um, you, you can you can just get entrenched in views and you can say stuff that you regret. Well, you know, we should know as Christians that we've, we've got to value each other more than that. And so I guess this is, this is probably the, the, the biggest thing. I would say being super careful with communication um, and, and holding things in a light hand. You know, we tried to do that you know, towards the end to say, you know, we, we, we don't know that we got all this right. Um, I, I think it, it, hopefully that just eased the situation a little bit. 
Uh, and if we go into it again, yeah, I think we would do some things differently. Namihi, Steve, thank you so much for your time on this. I uh, really appreciate it. Namihi, Ken, great to be part of it. Thanks. Here's my cross-shaped reflection on this interview with Steve Worsley. Steve's approach is an example of what I call role modelling. In this interview, Steve mentioned Philippians 2 as one of several Bible texts that helped guide them through this challenging time. One of the reasons Paul wrote Philippians was to help the church resolve a serious dispute between two prominent members of the church, Euodia and Syntyche, that we read about in chapter 4. Paul set out the gospel foundation of the reconciliation back in chapter 2, where he presented the gospel story of Christ's life, death, resurrection and ascension as being essential to having the same mind in you as Christ Jesus. We talked about that in the previous interview with Greg Liston. According to Paul, the key to unity of the church is practicing the same cross-shaped patterns of faithful obedience, self-giving love, power through weakness, transformative hope that Jesus demonstrated in the Gospel story. However, these Christ-like patterns would be extremely difficult, if not impossible, especially during interpersonal conflict, without God's help and without the example of Christ-like role models to emulate. In Philippians 2, 6-11, Paul presents Jesus as the quintessential role model to emulate. But then in verses 19-30, 3-7-21-4-9, he presents Timothy and Epaphroditus, and finally himself, as further role models for the divided Philippian congregation to emulate. Have a read of these verses, 2, 19-30, 3-7-21, and 4-9, to see how Paul presents each of his team members as exemplars of faithfulness, self-giving love, power in weakness, and transformative hope. Paul concludes in 4.9, As for the things that you have learned and received and heard and noticed in me, do them, and the God of peace will be with you. In this interview, I heard Steve serving as a cross-shaped role model as he described how they went about keeping unity in their church. Steve acknowledged that they didn't get everything right. However, in their attempt to be faithful to scripture, giving time to listen to people's views, and giving away power so the most disaffected could contribute to the way forward, Steve and his church leadership were modelling as best they could the cross-shaped patterns of faithfulness, self-giving love, and power through weakness, in the hope of keeping unity in their church. I wonder if you were moved like I was when Steve described the humbling experience on the first Sunday back together, when some of the unvaccinated church members returned voluntarily wearing their face masks, and Steve recognising how hard it would have been for them. I reckon this gracious act of reconciliation on the part of the unvaccinated must have been made that much easier for them because of the cross-shaped role modelling they'd observed in Steve. Thank you for listening to the Cross-Shaped Community Podcast. Join us next time 
we will be talking to co-pastors Gareth and Andy Davies about the different way of meeting for church that Q New Baptist decided on during the divisive period of the vaccine mandates.